welcome to the Universal Hitchhiker. Uh, with me today is Matt, and our guest is Claudia and Mary from Baby Shakes. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. I, I really appreciate you guys being on. I know you've got a lot of things coming up because uh, we just did a new video and you had a little two-song EP come out recently. Yeah, um, that was our most recent release was the um, single that we did. It's a two-song um, EP um, of a four-song EP that we recorded with Billy and Damien of the Undertones. Um, what I'd like to do is just because, you know, Matt and I are still kind of new to you guys. Um, tell me a little bit about the beginning, because I know a little bit of the background. I've been doing some homework. Um, you're, obviously, your musical influences are all over the place. Um, you know, we do kind of like there's early punk. I can hear some like, you know, 60s and 50s kind of rock in there. Um, maybe a slight hint of metal. Uh, but it's obvious that people like, and, and from the reading as well, you know, it's obvious that like the Stooges, the Ramones and those kind of bands had some influence. Can you guys both give me a little idea on how both of you kind of got into music? Sure. Claudia, do you want to go first? Um, sure. Yeah. So um, I guess I've just always been into music. My mom was really into new wave and um, growing up um, my uncle, who was like my main influence introduced me to like Ramones and Sex Pistols. He bought me a Sex Pistols CD um, at the Virgin Mega store when they were kind of doing their reunion tour. And um, I guess just watching MTV all the time, like I caught one of my first Bowie concerts on um, on TV and that really got me into Bowie. Um, and yeah, you know, music videos at the time in the 90s, there were a lot of bands that were still playing. Like, you know, I, I think my first concert was Green Day that I went to. And, uh, you know, there there are like the Riot Girl bands, Bikini Kill, things like that, that, you know, were still kind of like popular in mainstream culture and being, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, you were really exposed to that. And I think that that was my introduction to music as a kid, pretty much. Yeah, same here. Um, so when I was little, I would watch a lot of MTV, um, things like that. So um, just watching a bunch of music videos and like dancing around the table, a coffee table and stuff. I have uh, two brothers and they played in bands. And so that kind of naturally like just went down to me to be like my big brothers and um, yeah. Yeah, and maybe you want to like play guitar and things like that. So, uh, yeah, so just family and like music videos, things like that. So, so when you guys both picked up the guitar and the the bass, was it? Did you did you say I'm going to be in a band, or was it just more for fun? And then it kind of developed. For me, uh, so when I first picked up the, the guitar, it was probably in sixth grade, I think, and. So my brothers, like I was saying, my brothers had a band and uh, they, they made like merchandise and things like that. And being really young and as a kid, I, I saw they made these like really cute stickers. And I was like, oh man, I want to be in a band, you know, because I want to make stickers. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like first fueled it. But then, um, so I just called up my, my two girlfriends at the time, uh, Jenny and Naomi, and um, yeah, I was like, we should start like a band, blah, blah, blah. And they, were, they didn't know how to play instruments. So 
one of them just kind of like, Hey, I'll be the drummer and you'll be the bassist. And we just kind of started like playing our own songs and things like that. Um, uh, yeah. And then I just kind of fell into it that way. And I was like, Oh, I really like playing music. And so throughout that time, I just kind of off and on, like, you know, played in bands and things like that. So. Cool. Yeah. Kind of the same here. Um, you know, I, I think I thought it was really cool to be in a band and I wanted to be in one too. And I had some friends that were into music. Um, one friend was a, a, you know, girl that lived a couple blocks away from me and, um, she got a, a guitar and I got a guitar, like a really cheap one. And then she was like, well, I want to play guitar. So you have to play bass. So then I got a really cheap bass and we just kind of made noise, um, in my backyard and she was like really obsessed with Courtney Love at the time so you know it was just a lot of screaming and making noise and we were never really good but I think it wasn't until uh, maybe after I graduated high school that I actually was like well I actually want to be in a good band and, and play music with people that I like and that's when I kind of started taking it seriously and started trying to perform bands and write songs with people. Well with the three of you um Ryan aside, um, you guys have been together for what, 15, 10, 10 or 15 years now. Obviously you all, you have the same taste and you have the same influences. What else has kind of encouraged you guys to kind of stay together? Because a lot of bands don't, don't really make it that far as far as time frame staying together. Well, for, I mean, for me, I think, I've never played with people like Claudia and Judy before. Um, and they're just, I don't know. There's like this dynamic that we have and there's just no egos and it, it's just really fun. We're still having a lot of fun playing together. So do you all, do you all write all the songs together? Is it a collective? Yeah. It's okay. like me, Mary and Judy basically like, somebody will come to the table with, you know, an idea, a melody or something or a riff. And then we just kind of work from there. Do you feel the music's progressed along the way? I mean, I feel like uh, obviously there was a little more, um, there's a lot of youth obviously in the first, in the beginning with uh, the first one and, and a little and starry eyes. Uh, but as you guys progress, do, do you feel like it, it gets a little bit easier, or a little bit harder to kind of, stick to the the kind of style you have but still you know kind of develop your work yeah I think we have like um you know we're always trying to expose ourselves to to new music and by new music I mean like old music <laughs> different yeah. genres like we're always digging for like different records and finding diff different influences I think we were all originally you know, mostly influenced by like punk and like just rock music. And, um, you know, as we got older, like we started digging deeper into like soul and psych and glam. Um, glam. Yeah. Just stuff like that. I, I think it's harder to kind of like, um, incorporate those influences in your music like I think we just sometimes want to we're like hey I, I heard this really great record and we all share it with each other um we listen to it and we pick out elements that we like and we're like oh it'd be cool to record something like this and I think the hard part is sometimes it doesn't really translate but the good thing is that 
I think even when we do that, we've managed to like put our stamp on it. We've always like, you know, if we've tried something, it wasn't something that was like really far out there and not like, you know, um, sounding like baby shakes. It just kind of matched our style always. And so we've, we've been able to do that. <laughs> I have heard a couple covers along the way, but, um, I know you did, uh, I was looking at the uh, video actually. Um, uh, what is it? Am I ever going to see your face again? That's by the angels. Right. And that's kind of, that's that it's a it's a really cool remake of that and I, you know i, I kind of i'm jumping off the songwriting and the music side a little bit but uh that came out last year the video or the song that you released but uh, on your previous album or your most recent album do you think that it was just kind of a weird coincidence on uh because oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the video kind of goes off that, that at all we you know we're just big fans of australian punk so like and rock, rock and roll, things like that. So, uh, yeah, we had no idea that it would, you know, be a crazy virus or anything. So, yeah, it's, like, well, it's so relevant to, you know, what everybody's going on with now. And I think that's why we chose that song to uh, make a little music video for. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, it's March and all of a sudden you guys are like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I love that you guys emulate, um, I'm old school punk. I'm wearing my agnostic front shirt, which is a little bit heavier, but I mean. Um, <laughs> well, and you guys are from New York. So, and I know I read somewhere, two of you, I don't, I don't remember which two had met at like CBGBs and stuff. So that had to have been great to kind of be kind of a part of that scene, even though you weren't really there in the eighties, but in the nineties, it was still obviously prominent and everything going on in those clubs was everybody, you know, it was still kind of the next generation of that type of music, but you guys were in there a lot. And, you know, you said, uh, Mary, you said your brothers were in bands. So I'm assuming you guys were in the scene at an early age, even before you really started getting into bands or no. Well, I, I'm actually from Seattle. So I moved, I think I moved to New York in 2003, I think. I'm not really sure, but, um, but yeah, well, the grunge scene was very popular yeah. you know, <laughs> in Seattle, but, um, my brother got to work with like people like the Posies, Ken Stringfellow and, um, um, bands like that, which was pretty cool. And I remember, um, so he was like a producer for one of my brother's bands and, so I got to experience like a recording studio at an early age. So they would babysit me and I would go sit at the recording studio. It was pretty boring at the time. Like I yeah. had, you know, I had, I was a kid. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, Ryan and I actually grew up in New York. We're both from Queens. He's, he's from like Rockaway proper. Mm. And um, I'm from Queens and we used in high school, you know, maybe it was like, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, I was definitely going to shows. I was um, trying to sneak into CBGBs. Um, I never made it into Coney Island High because when I was like 16, I looked like I was 10 pretty much. <laughs> um, so I definitely got thrown out uh, a couple of times of CBGBs for, for being, because I think you had to be like 16 to go to shows there and like with 16 year old has ID. So, um, 
you know, I remember trying to sneak into a Luna Chicks show and I had to wait outside for my friends. My friends were always older, but I did get to see a lot. Like I've seen Agnostic Front play a lot. Uh, we used to hang out at New York Hardcore Tattoos. And uh, I went to a lot of like Sunday Hardcore Matinee shows. I got to see a lot of like the reunion punk band shows. Like I saw Vice Squad, um, Menace, Vibrators a couple of times, UK Subs. And Judy was from Atlanta. I think she's like a year or two older. And she was actually traveling like by bus or driving or flying up here for shows. So me and her met at CBGB's, probably at like um, Vice Squad show or, or some something like that, maybe Menace. <laughs> we met outside. Um, and yeah, that's what we used to do when we were kids. If you couldn't get into the show, you'd just hang out out front outside, drink beers, drink drink at St. Mark's, maybe pretend you were at the show or just be like, Hey, I was there. I was, uh, I was in the back. It got crazy. Like, but yeah, when we were teenagers, we were, Ryan actually worked at CBGB's. He's a couple of years younger than us, but he worked there like right before they closed. So, um, yeah, yeah. We were kind of all around that scene. And then when Mary moved to New York, she knew all the same people as us. And yeah. I mean, I've been to CBGB's before I saw shows there and stuff, but yeah, like, um, we all know the same people, our friend, Avi Spivak, uh, he's a really good illustrator from New York City. Um, he introduced us and that's kind of how we came together as a band. So, yeah. yeah. So when you guys first got together, obviously you knew your musical tastes were pretty much the same, but how was it first starting out, mixing some songs, kind of playing down, you know, playing some, play, just doing some I'm assuming when you first start out, usually you just kind of try some covers and things to see how it sounds. I mean, was it was it just right away it clicked or did it take a little time to kind of get things together? Oh, right away it clicked for sure. We we had the same musical taste, it basically. <laughs> like we were like, the undertones, oh my God, or the kid a band, oh my you like them, blah blah. You know, we would make each other mixtapes and we're like, oh, I heard the song already. Like it just like we got so excited. We actually I um I started off as the drummer and Judy and Claudia were already playing together in baby shakes and okay. they were looking for a drummer. And I wanted to be a drummer, actually, when I first moved to New York. And I was like, I'm looking for a band. I want to be the drummer in a band. I don't, that's all I want to do. And so I met them. Uh, we practiced. And we first covered, what was it, Get Over You, I think. And um, so we like we played that for a while. And, and then we just kind of realized I wasn't... I wasn't good enough. Like it just didn't, it wasn't, we needed something, somebody that was like, just really, really good because like, we feel like drums are like the backbone of like a band and music and things like that. So, but they still really liked me, I think. Right. So they, um, so they, they, they were like, Oh, you play guitar and you can sing and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, let, let's, and they were like, okay, let, let's try it that way. And so we kind of moved each other around a little bit to make it fit. When we first heard Mary's voice, we didn't even know if she sang and um, a friend you know, Carl played us like one of your old demos and we were like, wow, oh my God, she kind of sounds like Belinda Carlisle and we all love the Go-Go's. So just 
you know, we'd sing like some go-go songs at, at rehearsal and we were like, okay, this is it. Like, let's just move the pieces around and we made it work. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's very clean vocals on, on top of some, you know, raunchy guitar with, but it's, I don't know, it just works. You know, I mean, you guys have done a great job with that. Again, emulating kind of that punk and, and not metal, but like a hard rock, uh, but yet making it a little more softer and I guess more universal for everybody to listen to. Because obviously punk usually has, you know, a couple different lanes, but you guys have kind of broadened that a little bit.
Uh, you mentioned how you guys were talking kind of about the scene and, you know, CBGB Seattle and things like that. Um, you talk about these bands. How does it feel now when people talk about seeing you guys in kind of the scene and things like that? Cause it's kind of a turnaround. You're on, you're on the stage now. You're the ones making the music. And now there's people trying to get into your shows and wanting to, you know, wanting to kind of get close to you and be a part of that mix. How does that feel now after all the work you've put in? Um, it's, it's a little bit weird. Like this, I guess we just started like, um, becoming aware of this more recently when we've met like, um, you know, some girls, like younger girls that were like, oh, well, I, I started a band because I saw you guys play and that really inspired me to start my own band. And this is, you know, and we've actually, we've heard like a couple of girl bands, like our friends in, uh, Japan, the Vertigos, they, they covered our songs and we've seen like video clips on YouTube of like other girls covering some of our songs. And I think it's really inspiring. It's, it makes us really excited to be able to spot inspire this generation of new girls or just even guys who have seen our shows and they're like, yeah, you know, I bought your, your first record in high school. And we're like, Oh, that's so cool. You know, now they're in bands and, and we try to play together sometimes. So, um, with some of the bands if we can, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It's inspiring. It's, that's how it should be. It's like, you know, people older than us showed us music and uh, we went to their shows. They inspired us. They, they taught us about music that we wouldn't have otherwise have known. So, um, you know, we try to do the same just to carry it on, carry, carry on that rock and roll legacy. Yeah. <laughs> and then to, just to add to that, I think that also inspires us to write more and to play more and um, you just write songs because it's so cool to see that we're affecting other people's lives and just, yeah. Did, did you think you'd be four albums and so many EPs in at this point? I don't know. I guess I never really I thought about it. About, yeah, it's oh, not really, you just, just have to do it and then just have it happen and, you know, just have fun with it. And so that's just kind of how it progressed that way, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's been so fun. It seemed like it was five years. <laughs> yeah. Well, to think like how long we've been a band. I'm like, what? Uh. <laughs> so I shouldn't use years concept. I'll just say so many albums, so many. So many yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also noticed you guys have kind of become entrepreneurs too, because you have your own recording. Is it recording studio or just your own label? Lil Chewy? Yeah. Oh, studio. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, you'd yeah. have more records by now. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You'd be producing for other people, right? All the people that say that they're kind of trying to do your stuff. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> New ideas here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we have our own label. It's just um, you know, we we it just kind of happened by accident. We needed to get out a record uh for a tour. We had the tour booked first, but we didn't have the record recorded. And um, you know, a, a couple of people approached us about um putting out a record for us. And when we approached them, we're like, we have th these demos. They were like, well, you know, we're backed up now. We can't get this out until, you know, this date. And we're like, no, that's not going to work for us. We we need it for this tour. So we, we just started it. our own label. Yeah. 
you know, it, it worked out. Like we've been um, putting out our own records. It's, it's a lot of work. It's kind of a huge pain in the butt, but you know. Well, we actually had fun with that too. So we kind of just kept doing that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's rewarding. It's like- It is rewarding. It's, it's very yeah. stressful, but you know, it's, you feel accomplished. Like we actually feel like we get to do it our own way. And um, that's the rewarding part, like being in control of that and doing things like our way, you know, it's kind of cool. (laughs) So are you, so you've been self-produced then for a couple of albums now, right? Or do you still bring in other producers? This is the, um, the undertones working with the undertones was the first time we've ever been produced, which was a really cool experience for us because we did want to get produced. Um, I just don't think we ever, I mean, we never found the right person to produce us. And so when Damien and Billy approached us about it, then, you know, we were like, heck yeah, let's, let's try it. And then was that almost like a mentoring process a little bit, wasn't it? Was it like new ideas and new things where you're like, wow, I never thought of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's really nice to get an outside point of view um, because we don't really, you know, we don't really work with that many people. It's just really us in that music process, at least. Yeah. Um, So, but I, I mean, I said something, a kind of light bulb went off for Claudia. Does that mean you guys are going to now start to look for other bands and stuff to produce and, and take (laughs) under your new label? (laughs) I mean, down the line, that would be fun. But um, I think right now we're really excited about writing a new record for ourselves. Like we've had some ideas and um, we've been like writing songs, but we're, you know, now that we have time to do it and we have time to spend like actually going over all the details, because I'm pretty sure we're probably going to be facing another lockdown fairly soon, unfortunately. But um, we're excited. We're we're just going to get in there and start writing new songs and hopefully we'll come out with our, our best record yet. <laughs> um, well, you've got, you've got a lot to match up against cause you've already done a lot of good stuff. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. Was it hard? So the two songs that you just recently put out, um, was that hard to do during? Cause it's, I mean, obviously New York was hit pretty hard even at the beginning. So, but you've done a lot of things in that time. You've got some videos out and you've got, like I said, a a two song EP that just came out, but I'm assuming some of that was done during this summer. And, you know, so was that hard to do? So the, the EP was um, actually recorded right before um, the pandemic kind of exploded and really hit the States. We actually traveled to Derry, Northern Ireland and we recorded um, those four songs with the undertones. And then I think it was over a weekend. And then we flew back and we were set to leave for tour um, about a week after. And then that's just when everything started happening. Just fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Our we, went, we went in lockdown like a week after that or something. Yeah. yeah. So we had four songs in that were ready to uh, be mixed. And we were going to release them like during this year so um yeah that was great the music videos we just filmed those like some of them with our iphones from home like during like the um the middle of the lockdown quarantine we actually couldn't leave and then once restrictions started um lightening up a little bit and we were able to um 
go out and do things in small groups carefully. We found um, our, my friends are a couple that own their own private recording studio and they've been very cautious and they've been taking um, small groups to do, um, you know, recording yeah. production things. Yeah. So, so that was like the one thing that we did, you know, that was like a group effort with each other in person. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it was nice. You got a nice little trip to Ireland before you, you know, had to come home in lockdown. But I guess, yeah. but I guess it probably wasn't like an exciting Ireland trip because you're probably spending a lot of time in the studio. So it was probably a lot of work. Yeah, it was fun though. It, we had a lot of fun. It, I mean, it was still pretty Irish. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when we, uh, right as we got in, we were going into Derry, you know, we got like a little tour of dairy from Billy and Damien. So they were just taking us to all the spots and kind of telling us about their childhood, you know, memories and things like that. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. And during downtime well, in the studio, we were like trading colloquialisms and things like that. So that's always funny. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is, have you guys toured in Europe before? Is that, or is that the first time you'd been to Ireland? Uh, we've been to we've been to Europe. We've been to Ireland. Um, spent like one night in Derry, but we didn't really get to. We, sometimes you know we just play a show, and we yeah. don't get to see the town unless we have a day off after. So, you know, even though like we go places, sometimes we just don't really get to experience them like we would if we're you know on vacation or doing a recording or something. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I, a lot of people, I think get that misconception from bands. Cause like, Oh, you've been to all these cities. It's like, no, I saw a venue at the city and then I yeah. drove away. <laughs> it's like yeah. your yeah. interaction with the people in the venue is probably the most experience you get most of the time. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like, sometimes that's like culture shock, you know, but, yeah. but also, you know, we try now, like, um, that we've been doing this for a while, we kind of have like a better um, idea of how we want our schedules. We don't want to get burnt out. We're not doing like 30 days back to back. So we'll schedule some time in between. Like if we're going to be in a cool city, we'll make sure we have like the day off. We do like yeah. a tourist speed kind of thing, like where we try and see as much as we can in like 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. You'd be amazed what you can cram in in one, in one day, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you, I'm assuming you really enjoy the touring still playing live. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. Um, it's probably the hardest thing. Like, like what I personally miss the most is traveling. Yeah. There's that. I mean, there's something about being on that stage and when everybody's singing back to you and, you know, and, and I guess the adoration itself when you're, when you're there, are you guys the type that uh, go out to your merch booth afterwards and, and do little meet and greets and stuff like that? Oh. Sure. Yeah, because we sell our own merch. Most a lot of the times we sell our own merch, and it's just a nice way to connect with the crowd and you know and get to meet them and stuff. So they're coming out there to see you, so you can at least yeah. go and hang out with them. And yeah, that's like part of the experience for us as well. It's not like I I don't think that we're necessarily good at like the adoration part. Like we're we're pretty shy, I would say, but, um, you know, it's fun to just hang out with people and, and talk to them. And like, we like to do shots and drink with people. So it's kind of more like our shows are more like a party, like a celebration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a big celebration, you know, even if the venue closes, like 
people from the show still hang out after and we drink together and that's yeah that's what a typical show on tour is yeah. like <laughs> so you say you're working on another album um so uh, let me rephrase this a lot of bands in fact almost every band and almost every venue is completely booked next year um are you trying to get out on tour next year or are you going to try to get the album done and then figure out a tour definitely record the album first um we have no idea what's going to be going on yeah like we we have shows that are postponed we have festivals that are postponed that we never got to play we just i mean when it can happen safely yeah we would love to do that but um i think for now it's just the plan is to just make ourselves cozy and start the creative process and just just take one day at a time because i think it's just too hard to predict what's going to happen and and we don't want to give our hopes up too so we're just going to try to focus on what we can control which is we can make an album and have fun with that so as soon as like claudia said it's safe to start playing shows uh well we're all for it it's a sad waiting game and uh, you know i feel for i feel for recording artists and and obviously for the venues and I've been a I've been a small part of where you kind of have to that whole stuff about you know uh, contacting your congressman and all that trying to get venues some money back and stuff like that. But it's I mean that's the socialization is um you know a good part of what what you guys do. I mean the live shows. I mean there's a good amount of money you make off of that selling the merch, doing the, doing the show itself. So I hope that that does come back soon. Um, it'd be nice, but it's also obviously very frustrating. Uh, I mean, every even without asking, I think almost every single conversation we've had this year uh, with any artist, it, it comes up, you know, on it, without even asking. So, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, but you know, hopefully we'll all we'll all get through it and figure it out. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have. I mean, I got to kind of cut you guys because um, I know you guys have got some things to do. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you. I'm hoping that maybe somewhere along the line, uh, Matt and I sometimes do, um, well, even today, we're going to do an album discussion with some people um, and where we talk about certain bands and things like that. I would like to eventually kind of get one where I can talk about um, basically female fronted bands um, because uh, honestly, in in the punk world, uh, especially in the metal world, um, women are taking over. And to me, it's an awesome thing uh, because it's, it's, you know, when, when we talk about all the equality and stuff, that's kind of been a controversy over the past few years. uh, It's, it's nice. I mean, I think Matt and I in the past, I I think we've done about 20 of these so far this summer and almost all of them have been female fronted or, you know, female dominated bands. And it's, it's, it's really cool to see it because it's, it should be that way. And there's a lot of people who have paved the way along, you know, along the way, but hopefully you guys would be down for that kind of a conversation and, you know, talk a little bit more about your music and stuff. But, um, I mean, you keep, uh, you know, you not keep, but you've mentioned like metal bands and I just keep thinking of girl school. Like that's one band that you said, you said metal, you know, you see a little bit of metal in there. And I, th- I think especially Mary and I, like, we always love girl school. So that's definitely one band that I think of as like paving the way in the metal scene. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, and then there's hard rock bands too that we've followed that um, don't necessarily fall in your lane, but um, uh, we've talked to um, what Stitched Up Heart. Um, we talked to um, what Matt had a conversation with uh, what um, Brittany, what's her name from Unleash the Archers. Yeah, Brittany from Unleash the Archers. More of like a mainstream metal. Um, but again, it's, it's, you guys are all kind of leading the way and really taking over. Uh, it, it's cool to see. I, I really like it. I mean, and if you think about like even bands like baby metal, you know, where nobody, nobody really expected something like that, but yet, yeah. I mean, they're one of the biggest bands on in that country, you know, still, uh, even though I think one left, but anyway, we could start talking about this forever. Uh, Hopefully you guys would be interested in that conversation. Um, I'd like to keep in touch. I'm excited to see what you come up with, with your new album. Cause you said you've had a lot of time to write. And um, it's again, with all the stuff that I've been listening to with you guys, I think, uh, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a really good album because everything else has been really cool. So yeah. um, thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you guys have a great day. And uh, again, I'm excited to see what comes next for y'all. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.